0: Greetings, um, good afternoon, good morning, good evening from wherever you're listening from. Welcome back to um, the Chiromo Hospital Group's um, live conversations. We are live on Twitter today um, after quite a while. And I'd like to invite all of you who are listening, who listen to these conversations to listen to um all the other conversations we've had on the other platforms on facebook youtube LinkedIn um, and we are now back again on twitter and I'd like to welcome those already listening now to this conversation. We will be having um a very raw, honest conversation today on emotional intelligence, and this is part of our viqua ground series this um this conversation will be saved and will be here for um, future reference, but in addition to that, we will also have this conversation up on our podcast, that is the Podmind, which is accessible via Spotify, um, so you, Apple Music as well, you're all welcome to go and listen to other conversations that have been had before. I will be the moderator today, my name is Penda Ochola, I am uh, hospital psychologist from Chiromo Hospital Group, and I will be taking you through this conversation today. I'd also like to invite you to share, to ask for the speaker status if you'd like to contribute, to tweet about this conversation, um, and let's have an open and very interactive session today. I'm glad to be joined by one of the uh, moderators today. Uh, we have Becky. Rebecca,
1: how are you today? I'm good, Rachel. How are you? Hello I'm fine, thank you. Hello. yeah you can hear me.
0: Yes, loud and clear. Thank you for that. All right. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. I uh, will be joined by some other panelists, but before that, um let's just do a quick. Um, recap with you for those who are joining us for the first time we have this conversation on um, Wednesday's afternoon to complement a conversation you've already had on Monday um, a tweet chat on the same topic so we had a tweet chat earlier on this week on emotional intelligence um, and this is a follow-up to that and let me start with um uh, Rebecca being that you only one who's joined us so far, um how about you start with giving the audience a brief um definition of emotional intelligence. Um and then we can pick it up
1: from there. Over to you. Thank you, Rachel. But um I think my approach to my approach to emotional intelligence is more of a leadership trait than um mental health. Um mental health thing. So maybe I was thinking maybe you get somebody who has the definition. From what I got on Monday, most people don't go beyond me identifying my own feelings. Then after that, what happens? So my approach to emotional intelligence is leadership, is is like an aspect of leadership. So as a leader, how do you identify your own emotions and how do you use them to to, to, to play the role of leadership in an organization, actually the workplaces. So I don't know whether I'll be the best person to begin defining um, EQ, depending on that, that your, your, your focus is on mental health. So I thought somebody would come in and bring in the mental health a bit of it, like identifying yourself, uh, your own emotions. And maybe me later, I'll come in and tell about the leadership, how to, what to do after you're able to identify your own emotions. I don't know whether that's that's okay with you. Um,
0: certainly. Uh, and uh, this is also welcome, coming from the uh, leadership angle. Uh, at the end of the day, we are having um, a very open um, uh, discussion and getting it from different perspectives. And um, I'm also curious to hear from your experience from your take, um how emotional intelligence applies in our day-to-day life. Um we not we don't have to start from definitions, but maybe we can um, you know start with giving you a chance to go on understanding emotional intelligence and how it can be beneficial to to us.
1: Yeah so From where I stand, uh, emotional intelligence is ability to identify what you feel, what you're thinking, so that you can make sound decisions and create authentic relationships. So, my understanding of EQ is after I have known who I am, after I'm self-aware, how do I then go out there and create authentic relationships? Because relationships are everything in, 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 in human interactions. You relate with people at home. You relate with people in the office, at your workplace. You cannot do business without relationships. You relate with people in church. Everywhere it's relationships. And the reason why sometimes mental health, um, mental health, affect people, mental illnesses affect people is the lack of the ability to connect, lack of social skills, lack of uh, communication. And I'm talking about non-verbal communication. So when we have those skills and then we are able to identify our emotions, I think we we create thriving relationships which are also good for our mental health. So from where I stand, to me emotional intelligence is everything is is the overall kind of life because what i know when i'm self aware who am i what are my weaknesses what are my strengths what am i good at then i go to self regard so what are my competencies what are my what are my failures what am i good at what is my purpose then I go to self-actualization. I want to thrive in this. I want, to, I want to conquer in this. I want to overcome this. And so on and so on. But sometimes, or all the times, our, our success, our achievement, is people-oriented. How you live with people will determine how, much, how far you go in, 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 in success, in life. Uh, and living with people is a nut and uh, it's a nut art and how to live with people is 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 like self so you just have to be self aware so me that is my definition for emotional intelligence after i've known my emotions after i know well, what makes me happy what makes me angry what you know how do i live with people how do i identify uh, how other peoples are feeling, and how does my behavior affect people? So that is my perspective of emotional intelligence. Thank you.
0: Um, thank you so much, um, Roberta for that and for your check on this. And um, allow me to to add a follow-up uh, question to that, and that is feeding on something that she said um, that's uh, stuck with me sometimes. Um, some of the uh, uh challenges we have with mental health come up from a point of not being able to connect um with people and i'd like to um feed off uh that even as a leader or in whatever space that you exist in and um all of us have a form of uh a leadership post somewhere in our life whether it's among friends whether it's at work um, a formally appointed uh position. If it's in the family situation, at some point in life, we find ourselves um, in a position of, of, of leadership. Um, and when it comes to emotional intelligence and our, our, our ability to interact with other human beings, what would be the impact um, or benefits that emotional intelligence would have in terms of navigating challenging situations? If it's conflict, if it's uh, uncertainty, but how would emotional intelligence come in when it comes to navigating challenging situations?
1: Over to you. I want to bring in the aspect of self expression, assertiveness, and uh, conflict resolution. Self expression, assertiveness, and conflict resolution. What is self expression? I want to give an example. Let me go back down to what are emotions. Emotions are actually a group or a bunch of feelings. And uh, feelings are are driven from a trigger. And feelings uh, feelings, uh, drives behavior. How? Let me give an example with myself, I don't like being shouted at. So when you shout at me, the first thing that comes to me, I get angry, then I blank off, you know? Like, yeah, I, I just disconnect. Then I'll either keep quiet or just take leave. So my trigger for anger is being shouted at. I don't like being shouted at. So you shout at me, I go blank. The next thing I'll do is I look at you. I go, and then I I, because I don't want to say something that's gonna hurt you. I'll either keep quiet, and then maybe I'll walk out. But you are the person who is shouting at me. When I keep quiet, you'll say that I'm being rude. When I walk out, I'll take leave. You'll say that I walked out on you. So what I'm trying to bring in is the behavior, the feelings how they how they, they drive behavior, how they drive behavior. Then I will go out there, cool down, and then I come back. And maybe if you want us to talk about the whole issue, we can talk about it, but I'll never deal with an issue when I'm angry. So my anger, one of the triggers of the anger in me is being shouted at. So that is my trigger. So the first thing you need to know: where are my feelings? Where are my feelings coming from? What is triggering my triggering my feelings? So when you know your trigger, then you identify the feelings that comes from the trigger. And I keep on telling people: you are entitled to what you feel. Don't suppress feelings. Learn how to bring them up and deal uh, like process them. So when I process my anger. I will come back and like cool down take a reason and now we can talk about the issue or if it's something that you wanted me to do I'll actually go ahead and do it but I cannot be able to work when I'm angry so that that's what I, that's what I'm talking about I'm saying that feelings drive our behavior and I also want to that is now my self expression how do you express yourself when there's a trigger and it brings those, I don't want to talk about negative feelings, it brings a reaction. So we are talking about feelings, trigger, then there are feelings, then there's response, then there's behavior. So those ones go hand in hand. If you look at what, what, what has been your behavior, just be critical enough to look at self and the behavior. You realize there's a trigger, then feelings develop, then um, you respond, then you keep, that is what you call behavior. Me keeping quiet after being shouted at, that is a behavior. Somebody will say, you know, you're so rude. I'm talking to you. You're keeping quiet and all that stuff. So I'm so much self-aware that shouting blunts me out. So how do I express myself? I cannot be able to express myself when I'm angry. So I'll walk out or I'll keep quiet. So I know, so like I know what to do when anger arises. Then there's something we call assertiveness. Assertiveness is not winning, uh, it's not a winning a discussion. Assertiveness is when I tell you how I feel, as also care about your feelings or your emotions. I am being assertive. And as I said, you choose your behavior when, uh, okay, uh, the behavior you choose is dependent on how you express yourself. I want to give an example of how to how the kind of behaviors that come out when we are trying to respond to a feeling. there's what we call um, aggression aggression, aggressive behavior, then we have passive behavior, and then we have assertive behavior response. Aggressive behavior says that I am going to win, you lose, and I'm going to be the winner. Like I want to hurt you, unless I've hurt you, I don't feel like I've won. So you shout at me, I shout back. You shout again, I shout back. You insult me, I insult you back. That is being aggressive. I can choose to be passive, like I'm avoiding conflict. So you shout at me, I keep quiet. You insult me, I keep quiet because I want to avoid conflict. But I can be assertive. Which for me is the, is the best response behavior response when uh when i'm when I'm responding to feelings, so when I'm assertive, it's like I tell you, you know what after I've cooled down, you know what I don't like being shouted at because it makes me black out, I blank out, and I cannot be able to my my I just go blank and I cannot be able to respond to you, so that is why I walked out, so if I tell you that. Next time you're shouting at me and I keep quiet or I'll just take leave, you will understand where that is coming from. But I've given myself expression. This is what I feel when you shout at me. Maybe, I don't know if I've answered you, Rachel.
0: Um, thank you so much. Um, I thank you for that. And one of the things I really appreciate from um, what you've just started with is being able to distinguish aggression, assertiveness, and uh, passiveness. Uh, because I find that a lot of time people uh, mistake being aggressive for being assertive. Um, and it's a very common misconception where people um, find that responding in a way that is uh, very uh, cutthroat without putting the other person's feelings into consideration as assertive while the truth of the matter is that's actually aggressive Uh, but when it comes to assertive communication you have to put both feelings into consideration the recipients and yourself um, and this is a skill that takes time to, first of all, be aware of that this is how you communicate, this is how you react, and then takes also time to implement, um, and it takes a lot of practice. To to feed off on, um, uh, you shared a, a personal experience where when someone shouts at you, you um, blank out, and sometimes... Even taking leave is is, uh, is a, a solution that works for you. And um, I'm curious, and I, I don't know if there's anyone else in the audience who is also uh, curious about this. Have you found situations where this might not be the appropriate, um, you know, reaction, like walking out? Um, and how do we navigate such situations? For example, if you're at work and it's a situation where walking out might not be taken as as positively, you
1: know. How do, how do we navigate such situations? Thank you, Rachel. Uh, walking out doesn't mean, necessarily mean me standing out and walking out of the door. I simply tell you, okay. You know, if it's a, I just tell you, you shout at me and I feel like I cannot be able to respond now. I and mean, even if I responded now, it's not going to be for the best interest so i'll tell you okay so whatever you are ordering me to do i just say okay then i can also say if i'm doing an email or i'm writing something i'll tell you noted you know so i don't have to wake up and walk out but if i'm facing you uh, physical facing you physically facing you i'll tell you okay like i've heard what you've said but it will take me time to go process my anger and then do whatever you're telling me And if it's necessary, I'll come and tell you, our discussion went ABCD. This is what I felt about about it. And this is what I think I'm supposed to solve it. So what have I done there? I have self-expressed myself. I have taken care of your feelings and I'm feeling good about myself because I have told you what happened. And it's something that I've seen working in in my relationship with people. So because when you when you start working with me, you don't know whether I don't like being shouted at. So you come with your behavior of shouting. But within three, four interactions, you realize I don't work best when I'm being shouted at. But I'll never stand up and walk away. I just tell you okay. And my okay is fine. And I'll take and I take, you know, mental leave, you know, I'm not just saying physical, but mental leave until I'm able to come up with a solution to do it. Because being assertive is the ability to express thoughts and feelings without threatening the other person and then taking care of their feelings also. And remember I say that emotional intelligence, emotions are the basis of all feelings. So when I'm, I am assertive, I have shown self-respect. I have expressed my feelings and opinions, even if it's later. I'm able to say no and not feel guilty. Um, I have set uh, my self-priorities and I've said what I want. I'm able to be reasonable, and I, I am choosing. Uh, I'm choosing for the, for, for the 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 wellness, the betterness for both of us. So Rachel, not necessarily working out. There's so many ways of the uh, de- de- detachment. You can just tell the both. Okay, fine. But when you say fine. Don't keep quiet. Make a follow up and let them know. Because I keep on telling people, people will continue hurting you. People will continue treating you wrong because you've never let them know what their behavior do to you. Yes.
0: Wow. Well, um. Thank you so much for for that. And um, you know, I was I, I was asking that just in case there's anyone in the audience who's wondering, um. About taking leave, and um, from my understanding, it doesn't always have to be physically taking leave physically working out um, one can also take a you know mental leave and um you know go to a different place in your mind until you're able to address that situation. Um, my gathering is that it's important to also be aware of how you're feeling in a certain situation because that will also influence your reaction um, and your reaction could also be now taking mental leave until you're able to come back and assertively have that conversation. Um, and, and thank you so much, Becky, for that. To, to those who are listening, um, just to hear from you, how um, from the audience do you feel like you're mostly able to monitor how you're feeling in different situations? Are you able to pick out that um I'm 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 angry or rather I'm getting angered right now. Um this is uh offensive or this is demeaning? Do you feel like we are we're actively able to pick out how we're feeling in different situations? Um uh because from from what I hear, this is the first step of even getting towards emotional intelligence, being aware of uh, our emotions, which will then influence how we react in different situations. So I leave that as an open question um, for us to, to look into as we carry on uh, the conversation. Remember your... Um, your, your questions are welcome through the tweet section. And if you'd also like to be upgraded to speaker status, please feel free to request for that. Uh, we'd also like to hear your insights. Um, coming back to you, uh, Becky, just a, a quick one. Are there situations or things that may bring up a challenge with regards to um, cultivating emotional intelligence? Are there things that would get in the way um, for cultivating emotional intelligence,
1: yeah, life is full of t- turbulences and um, um, and windy situations and storms, and as a human being, the first thing you do is react i wouldn't come here and say that i don't i, I don't have stresses I do. Um, especially the work I'm doing now. I'm starting an organization and working with people and everybody's looking at to me. So I found myself many a times in the in the edge, Cash22. But uh, what I have learned, as I said before, you learn how to process your feelings. So I'm feeling stressed out. I'll take, I'll sit down and take stock of myself. So why am I feeling so angry? Why am I feeling so desperate? Why am I feeling so disconnected? So I take stock of myself. Then I look at what has happened. What has what is the trigger? So then I look at the trigger, and then I identify it. Then I'm like, okay, what options do I have? So there are times I'll say, fine, let it run. The times I'll come up with solution myself, and the times I'm going to look for somebody to help me come up with solutions. So there are so many times I give passes. So like this one have to pass, I'm going to go through it and I'm going to sell through. So then I'm like, fine, I have a solution for this. Then I'm like, if I call somebody ABCD, they'll be able to help me come up with a solution. And I think most of the times I've been able to disentangle myself from things that would have rather put me down, put me under, and I'm able to say, but I have never taken my issues like it's somebody else's problem. I'll always take a stock of myself. What has happened today? Why am I feeling so sad? Why am I feeling so disorganized? Why am, fe- why am I feeling so hopeless? So I identify the trigger. That is the event that took place. And what feelings am I feeling about it? Then the next thing is, do I have a solution? No, I don't. So do I let it, g- give it a pass? No. So maybe if I wake up tomorrow morning, I'll have a solution. Or maybe if I call so-and-so, I'll have a solution. And that, that's, I think that's how I've been able to, to sail through. But the first thing I do is to identify my own feelings and where they're coming from and what has happen- happened. Happened.
0: Wow. Um. Thank you so much for that. So the the identification of our um our emotions is very key. Um. And when it comes to discussing the challenges that would um come up in terms of cultivating emotional intelligence, um, general life events. Uh, from what you've said, could actually lead on to that. Let me just uh, hear from you, uh, Becky. How what are the chances, rather, that um, one will be able to go through each and every situation in their life, um, even after going through emotional intelligence training? What are the chances that one will be able to go through every other situation that may come up in their life in the, in the most um, EQ, effective way? I don't know if my question is uh,
1: clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. You know, um, Rachel, I think I studied uh, emotional intelligence. And I think it's one of the courses I did that has really brought me, opened me up. Mm-hmm. The first component of uh, attribute of uh, EQ is self-awareness. Like, who am I? Being true with yourself. Who am I? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? And being true to yourself, like, this one, I can't. This one, I can. This one, I can refer. This one, I can give a pass. I never push myself beyond what I can be able to do. And I think that has been the ingredient that has pushed me to be where I am today. Because if something comes up and I think I cannot be able to do it, I'll basically tell somebody no. And my no is not because I want to push you out, but because I'm taking care of myself and I don't want to push me to a place where I'll be on the edge. I'll be on there be the, between the rock and a hard place. And I'll give you, I'll tell you no, that one I cannot be able to do because of ABCD. And let me tell you, Rachel, We are on an edge because we are not able to self express ourselves. Um, But when you let express yourself in an assertive way, people will always understand you and people will always respect your boundaries. Let's talk about now creating boundaries. This one works for me, this one doesn't work for me. And the reason why I even keep on insisting that EQ is an aspect, is a a tool that should be in every other office. The leadership in the office, the people in the offices, they should be able to be taught about EQ. Why am I saying that? Because when you come to me and I say, that one I cannot be able to do, you don't look at it like indiscipline. You understand that emotionally, that one I cannot be able to handle. And if you you are able to create boundaries, even at workplaces, I think we'll be taking care of mental health, you know, mental health. Because I think most of that, most of my boundaries I have been able to create is now within friends and families. My people know, my family know that there are things which I won't do, and not because I mean wrong or me, I mean bad, but because I'm taking care of myself. And because I like giving examples with myself, growing up, I'm the first daughter of my mom, and, you know, in Africa, being the first daughter to become like your mom and you have to be there for everybody. And today I'm able to tell my mom, I'm not going to visit my sister because of ABCD, that she feels comfortable. So maybe then she tells me, you No, know, I wanted you to go visit your sister because of ABCD. Then I tell her, mom, this week I'm busy. I'll go next week. And I don't feel guilty because I don't feel this week mentally. I'm able to go visit anyone. I have so much on me. And uh and it will happen the first time I'll tell her no, the second time I'll tell her no, but at that time she'll understand that I'm not able to go visit any, anybody. And the art of saying no, I have learned it through EQ, how to say no and not feel guilty about it. And everybody's entitled to say no. Today I come to you, I tell you to do me a favor and you say no, but then I don't even feel bad because maybe your mentally, your mental state doesn't allow you or you don't, you're you not in a capacity of helping me as at that time because I also look at myself the many times I've said no. So I think it's about boundaries, it's about self-awareness, it's about self-regard, it's about self-actualization, and knowing what what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and how do I make the other people feel? That is my point, thank you. Thank you so much um, um, for that, and... um...
0: As you said, this is a a, a training that you went through. Uh, There are some of these trainings that are available um, for someone to take up if you would like to improve on your EQ. Um, These are things that you can also achieve if you're going through personal therapy, um, where you're able to work towards um, the different tools that would... um, eventually sum up to improving your, your EQ and some of the tools that uh, Becky has mentioned, self-awareness, communication uh, in terms of the assertiveness, um, setting boundaries, even being aware of um, what are some of those things that you want to allow and the things you don't want to allow and asserting those boundaries. Um, And uh, uh thank you so much, uh, Becky, for taking us through that. Based on your experience of practicing EQ um, for the number of years that you have uh, sorry, uh, of, of cultivating emotional intelligence, do you feel like it has played a role in um, uh, 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 cultivating resilience even as you go through different experiences in the community, at work, at home, with friends? Do you feel like it has an impact on resilience?
1: Thank you, Rachel. Um, for those who don't know, I'm also a trauma informed specialist. I've I've trained as a TIS, University of California yesterday. And um so um I I if you look at the community level, there's a lot of trauma. And uh in an African setting, our trauma so much comes so much from the beliefs the beliefs and um, the cultural practices and all that. And sometimes it's easy to be misunderstood that when you, when you create a boundary, you're going against a certain belief, you're going against a certain culture and all that. So sometimes it's very, very hard because, you know, like in Africa, we say that you cannot tell your mother no because you're going to get a curse. So when I come to now to the trauma bit of it, if I tell my mom no for my own mental health, wellness, I don't know where caste is coming from. I, I don't believe that I'm going to be, when she gets annoyed, um, I'm going to be cast. But in many people, you tell them, mzazi And I've come to cultivate my own way of, of now integrating the EQ and the trauma uh, and the the cultural beliefs and the the lifestyles in Africa. And it has given me the opening of like, some of the things we believe in, some of the things we do, our status of mental health is more, more, more uh, affected by what we believe, what we we practice, what we practice and what our culture dictates. So I think it's a deliberate choice for everyone that if I want to be mentally well, if I want EQ to work for me, if I want to identify my own emotions, if I want to set my own boundaries, then I think I have to, I have to not look at what culture dictates. Not that I'm disrespectful, but I want to take care of, of my own mental health because you cannot give what you don't have Right now, I have an organization where I have more than 30 people who I'm trying to organize to do ABCD. And if I do not take care of my own mental health, I won't be able to. I won't be able to even make that organization rise up. But I give myself a priority because I want to be that effective leader. So I'm saying these basics of culture, let me understand it. I'll never stop being an African, but I'm not going to allow culture and beliefs influence. My mental health—it's a subject that is that is so wide and has a lot of controversy, and um, not many people take it kindly. But for me, it's working, so I think it's a deliberate choice, Rachel, to choose how to live with with with, with EQ. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, um. Thank you so much for for that. And there's something that I really appreciate. I appreciate that you've brought up the aspect of culture, um, because a lot of times when uh, we're having um, these discussions. Um, we forget that we do not exist in a vacuum. We exist in a in a world with we do we have culture we have morality values, and these are things that heavily influence even how we feel about situations uh, or rather how the people around us even interpret take in um, some of the things that we put out there, for example as you 've said, communicating when um, someone would ask you to um execute a role and you're not able to at that point. Um, and, you know, sometimes I look at it as some of the things that are said in culture. Well some of them we really need to examine uh, and look at. Um, and some of them go into maintaining a certain level of or rather guidance, you know, um as much as you're talking, you, you're responding to, to a parent. To, to say no, um, not necessarily in a way that fosters disrespect, but if you do it in an assertive way, it's actually not going to come off as uh, as disrespect, uh, disrespectful because you're putting their feelings into consideration as much as you're putting your own um, and not being aggressive some of these things um, actually come from a guidance and it takes how you you look at it and and how you execute. That goes a long way. And that's why some of these tools when it comes to emotional intelligence actually go a long way. One of them being communication. Um, And I believe that this is one of the, assertive communication is one of those um, tools that are really misunderstood, but also goes a really long way um, in terms of Getting a message across and also feeling hard I'd like to welcome um, uh, Magdalene. Thank you for joining us Magdalene, um, who is also part of the panel and we we're, we're going on uh, emotional intelligence, understanding emotional intelligence um, and how you know to apply uh, and the different setbacks that come with um, and let me just give you a, a chance uh, briefly Magdalene to Give us your brief understanding of emotional intelligence, um, some of the ways that you can cultivate it, and from your experience, some of the challenges that have um, come up in terms of uh, cultivating emotional intelligence. Over
2: to you, Magdalene. Thank you so much, Pendo. So I'd describe emotional intelligence as basically the awareness of what you are feeling, like trying to label it and trying to understand why you are feeling that way and also being able to regulate that particular emotion. And it also goes ahead in. not only just towards yourself but towards maybe other people who are around you what is it that they are feeling what could have triggered them and you know just being able to understand what the person who is around you is also experiencing um yeah emotionally so that would be my definition of what emotional intelligence is what you are feeling why you are feeling that way and how to best regulate it as well as what another person um that you're in contact with is feeling or what they are going through and also trying to figure out what could have triggered um that particular emotion um ways in order to cultivate emotional intelligence i'd say mostly would be through um a lot of self-reflection meaning being able to just journal or write your thoughts and your feelings or just on a day-to-day basis what has been happening in your life and trying to figure out why did i react in this particular way why did i maybe perhaps say the statement in this particular way so just trying to really reflect through your day trying to be as honest as much as possible towards yourself in um, being vulnerable enough and actually seeing that this is what I was feeling and it came about because of this particular thing and also learning to just validate your emotions and telling yourself, yeah, this is an appropriate emotion that I have I have expressed or I experienced as a result of this particular thing or this particular trigger that had occurred in my life. So things like journaling could really help out a lot. Things like maybe self-care can help you to also be able to... Um, improve on your emotional intelligence other things could be spending time with friends and family so that you could be able to understand what it is that they are going through or just different experiences from them sharing which is that um, is happening in their life so the more you are around people the higher your EQ can also tend to develop because you are present um, yeah, in people's lives and you're it becomes much easier for you to be able to empathize with them. So those are what I would state in terms of emotional
1: intelligence.
0: Um, thank you so much, uh, Magdalene, for that. Um, uh, Bruce Samari and um, once again, welcome to the conversation. Um, as we're coming towards um, summarizing this conversation, um. From, uh, from from the two of you, uh, Rebecca and, and Magdalene, you've uh, been able to practice uh, them, you know, and learning how to um, implement um, emotional intelligence in different aspects of your life, um, and maybe you could share with the audience so that as we're leaving this conversation, um, we all have a few tips on how we can work on, you know, improving our emotional intelligence. So, the question is, uh, how, what are some of the mechanisms? What are some of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis? What are some of the uh, self-care practices even um, that you do that have helped to cultivate emotional intelligence in your lives and as an individual? Let me start with you, Rebecca.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, as I said earlier, Life is full of of turbulences and storms. So the first thing I do as self-care is uh, every time I feel like I'm off the edge, I identify the trigger. Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? What might have happened? How did I contribute to it? So I'm able to take the stock, um, my personal stock, and uh, able to identify what is happening and maybe what was my reaction. But uh, I would like to say this, me practicing EQ and reading and training in EQ, has most of the times found me laid back. Like there are times things will happen around me and I'm not going to take it like immediate, immediate response. As long as I don't have a solution, I lay back but it doesn't leave my, my, my senses. It doesn't leave my mentors like, okay, it happened. I need a solution and sort this one out. So I'll take it and I'll solve it when I'm mentally able. I never push myself beyond the boundaries of capable, mental capability of what is happening around me. And um, it has actually worked well for me, not reacting immediately unless I have an answer unless I have a solution, taking stock of myself, what is happening around me, why am I feeling sad, why am I feeling happy, why am I feeling disappointed and what could have triggered it and how did I play a role? So I was even telling somebody that apologising for me comes automatically because maybe I realised that, okay, I overdid something that I wasn't supposed to overdo it. So even uh, as I work with people, I'll always come back and tell you, oh, by the way, I, I, what I did, I think my approach was wrong. Can we do it better? So you realize that learning about EQ will always make you think about the other person, will always make you think, how did I leave them feeling? Because I need you tomorrow. I need you in the evening. I need you like the whole of this year. So every time I'll work at nourishing the relationship I have, even with kids. Me allow kids to talk to me, and uh, they, 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 because I also believe that they also have they also have their own kind of you know kind of reasoning. They're not blank, so I always try to cultivate the relationships around me, because I think that's the only time I can get peace. You know, you are responsible for the peace you create in your environment. If you allow peace to flow, then enhance the relationship. So I, first of all, I don't take action until I have uh, I have solutions. Um, I don't uh, respond until I have the right answer. I apologize a lot when I think that maybe my action will make will interfere our uh, working tomorrow. I also identify my triggers all the time. And I don't, I don't take the baggage on the other part. Like you made me annoyed, so I look at myself. What role did I play for you to annoy me? Why am I feeling annoyed with you? Why am I feeling that I can't move on with you? And I want also to say that I cut relationships. I give people chances, but I f- if I see that like you, you keep on repeating what I'm giving you chances on then it's time for me to open the door and let you go. And I'm not going to let you go with aggression. I'll just let you go. So when you come back to me, I'll let you know why I closed that door. So for me, EQ has been able to help me uh, build relationships and maintain and uh, taking care of myself. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Rebecca, for that. Taking stock um, uh, and taking a pause before reacting and also um, boundaries and communication. Thank you so much, um, uh, Becky, for that. How about uh, to you, Magdalene? What are some of the um, things that you've done, some of the practices that you've taken up, some of the um, self-care practices you've taken up that have helped to... Um, contribute to your emotional intelligence journey
2: thank you so much um i'd mostly say through talking to my friends or people who are around me say so if it's a particular situation that has happened and i feel maybe um something wrong or um i was wronged in a particular way it's much easier or better for me to just, first of all, get to talk to my friends and being able to even get the perspectives of things. So just getting to share things out with another person really helps me to regulate my emotions even before I am able to respond to this other particular person, for example. Um, Yeah, other things could be me just Taking a time out also like sort of similar to Becky, but for me, it would be like maybe taking a time out and telling myself, OK, if maybe I were feeling if I was feeling differently um, in this particular scenario, would I behave maybe in a different kind of a way? Would my thought patterns be a bit different if I'm able to just take time off or to just let things cool off so that I can later on respond to it and also asking myself maybe a question would I still be feeling this way would this issue be a big matter maybe in the next one year would it you know really matter within the next five years or how big of a deal is this particular issue over a long period of time so that I could be able to know how I can best um yeah regulate myself and also learning to get feedback even from other people so um just having that sort of candid conversation with another person and being able to share um, what I'm feeling and also trying to understand what it is that they're feeling. We've been trying to empathize and, try to think through okay when this person was doing this particular thing um what could have been running through their mind what were some of the challenges or what are some of the points or their needs that they were trying to put across that maybe i perhaps missed out on or because of my um emotions at that particular time was not really able to really grasp what it is that they were saying so trying to also empathize on what this other person is um yeah is going through really helps me to regulate um, my emotions so those are some of the things that I tend really to do other things would be like um, on a regular basis practicing gratitude even if it's for like five minutes or ten minutes practicing gratitude really helps me to regulate my own emotions and to even reflect through the things that have happened um, during the day or during the week that I am you know grateful for so um those are some of my own um self-care habits also eating well really helps me a lot because if i'm you know well fed and i'm healthy in my body then it means my moods are more regulated it means i could i have the capacity to understand what another person is going through i'm not constantly grumpy and everything so also just taking care of myself physically is a huge a huge factor to that
1: (sighs) Yeah, Rachel, before, before we close, oh, I, I forgot to talk about behavior. Uh, there's a lot of non nonverbal communication in EQ. Um, instead of asking people how they think about me, I look at how they're behaving towards me. Like if yesterday you were laughing and then today I come in the morning and I find like you're grumpy, you're sad, the first thing I'll ask you what happened yesterday, what what happened after we parted? Because I will, I'd like to connect uh, the, the, the events of yesterday and today because as I said, I focus so much on relationship. As a leader, relating with people, social skills are very, very important. So I'll ask you what is happening. And, um, uh, I, you know, empathy is one of the attributes of uh, EQ. So I'll empathize and offer help where it's possible, where it's necessary, but so much to behave, especially for kids. So I look at how the kid is behaving, and the next thing I'll do is to sit them down and ask him, what happened? Why are you you looking sad? Why why are you looking like, you know? And when, when we call it active listening, active listening where I'll offer my ears I, I don't want to offer solutions but i want to I just want to listen and empathize and and com- give compassion and uh, most of the times you realize that people just need somebody to talk to you know people maybe came to their to work with issues back at home from home and they just need somebody to talk to and when you create a trusty, a trust a trusted relationship with them they'll always come and, and, and open up to you. You know, yesterday night happened ABCD and because they trust you and all that stuff. So the other thing is looking at the behavior. How are people behaving towards you and not taking, playing the victim, but trying to find out why, what has changed? Yesterday was not like that. What has changed today? You're coming in like ABCD, yeah.
0: Wow, um thank you so much for for that and thank you Magdalene as well um for your tips and your uh the ways that you've been able to uh practice and cultivate um emotional intelligence i'm seeing some interaction from the teach section um rachel says it's been a great session um when we learn to recognize our emotions and um the emotions of people in our space we become better communicators thank you so much uh, rachel for that and there's also the aspect of uh, think before you act don't let emotions be your driving force and this is something that also came up from um Magdalene's uh, tips and also from um, Becky that it's not all the time that you have to react to the triggers um, the things that happen around us it's quite possible to cultivate um, um, uh, you know a way where when something happens able to take a pause and take log of how you're feeling about that situation Um grounding yourself if it's something that's been quite triggering before responding um, to that person. Not all reactions have to be on the whim. Sometimes you can uh, take a step back and um, have a better reaction. And it's, it's not something that would happen um, immediately. You take time to to cultivate that. Um, and it's possible to get to that space where you're able to, to do that. Thank you so much for, for that. I'm also seeing another uh, tweet from Irigidadi that says, may you attract the people who resolve problems with good communication healthy boundaries emotional intelligence and an intention to find solutions thank you so much for for that, I want to send a special thank you to our panel today um, for the great insights that you've shared. Um, to you, Becky, and to you, Magdalene, uh, powerful um, insights for today. Thank you so much. I'd also like to thank the listeners who've been here today and interacted with us. Um, thank you for your input uh, and for um, your your interaction as well. These communica- uh, These sessions are only... Here because you you're here to interact with us, ask questions, uh, add your insights. So thank you everyone for joining us. Let me extend an invite to the men who are in this conversation. Last month was Men's Health Month, and you are uh, to tomorrow we'll be having a stream on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook, a for men by men conversation where we'll be talking about thriving, being the best you. We have some few panelists lined up. Great session that um, is there targeted, particularly for men. And that is part of our Man Cave series, which is a safe space for men by men. Um, please feel free to, to listen to the stream, ask questions, and uh, we'll see to each that the panel responds to um, those questions. Once again, thank you all to everyone who's here uh, and... See you tomorrow for those who will be able to join us. Uh, And for the rest, see you next Monday for our Mindful Mondays Twitch chat. Thank you all and um, have a good evening ahead. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you for having us.